Something that it's important to remember when we talk about sustainability is that this is beyond environment. It includes human rights, labor practices, procurement, our operations in general, how we interact or how we engage with our stakeholders. This is what we call our triple bottom line when we connect people, profit and planet, you know, a trifecta that will help us have good business and do it in the most effective, responsible and ethical way. That is Anna Arce, Bridgestone's global sustainability lead responsible for promotion and stakeholder engagement, which is a very corporate way of saying she's one of our biggest champions for sustainability, a topic that is rapidly increasing in importance and visibility, both in Bridgestone and around the world. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone America's podcast exploring our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. It is by design that sustainability does not have its own pillar within our North Star framework. That's because the goal is for sustainability to become embedded in every aspect of our organization, becoming a natural part of our ways of working and thinking. We've set big goals with a vision to become a sustainable solutions company by 2050, and Anna will help us unpack what that journey is in just a bit. But first, we start our final episode of season one with where we started on this podcast journey, and that's a candid conversation with Bridgestone America's CEO, Paolo Ferrari, who, as you'll hear, is just as passionate about sustainability as Anna. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, Paolo, thanks for rejoining us on the podcast, coming back for conversation number two. And this one, we have you as a guest because it is a topic that is very close, one is very personal for you, and that is uh, sustainability. So it's a word that I think gets thrown around by a lot of people, means a lot of different things. And certainly for us at Bridgestone, it is a foundational aspect of who we are and what we do uh, on our journey, both in the past and to the future. So I guess to start with, when Somebody says sustainability to Paolo Ferrari. What is sustainability to you, sir? Well, Keith, first of all, thank you for having me again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sustainability is is being associated mostly with the environment over the last several decades. And, and that's fine because that was maybe where the priority was. But I think today, sustainability is a much broader concept. And, you know, sometimes I think about the, the, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I think there's like more than 17 or almost 20 of them. So very, very broad, which is good. But it is certainly about the environment and, and the circular economy across the whole of the value chain. But it is about safety for people, safety for our teammates. Safety needs to be always up there as part of a sustainable approach. It is about social equality. It is about making sure that there's a much better distribution of assets in the world in general, and also a much better access to different culture to be funneled back into into organization and into society. So it is a bit broader than the pure environment. And I think that's what is well captured in, in what we're trying to do in terms of vision, in terms of business. Yeah, I know you, when we talked in, in the first episode that we had you on about the North Star, and, and it's really each aspect of each bucket of the North Star is underpinned with this foundational element of sustainability. You kind of laid it out that it is so many things, but it's not the easiest thing to attain. You know, it, it's a journey over time, but how difficult is it 
to kind of really focus on sustainability and make you know dramatic change because it would seem something that has to take place over such a long period of time. It is absolutely a journey. And in a way, let me draw a little bit of a parallel. I do think of sustainability a little bit like digitalization, whereby um, in the early days, you would think that digitalization required someone in charge of it, right, to make it happen. But the truth is that it needs to be so pervasive that it makes no sense to have a focal point on digitalization. Or if you had a focal point on digitalization, it really means the, the, the company is not digitalizing. So I think sustainability is a similar journey in a way where our goal, as you said, is to make sure that sustainability is across everything that we do. It's across the North Star. It's not just one initiative under one person that can change the whole culture of the company. I believe that's something that needs to be our end goal. It is certainly the end goal of the North Star because there are sustainable elements in our foundation when we talk about teamwork, when we talk about uh, integrity, when we talk about our, our, our safety mission statement, safety mission statement is very powerful. And I think we need to remind it to ourselves every once in a while, also as a sustainable goal. And of course, sustainability is fully embedded into our vision, right? A vision of becoming a sustainable solutions company by creating value for society and for customer. But it is in our operations, right? Uh, Keith, when we talk about reduce, reuse, and recycle, you know, all the circular economies within our value chain and ultimately is in our business model, in the fact that we want to contribute significantly to improve mobility as a whole for a much more sustainable mobility. So as you can see, foundation, vision, the business model, of course, our team in the way we want to continue to improve our diversity, equity and inclusion is very much in the essence of what we want to do and what we're doing, it is across the different elements of the North Star. The more that I've learned about the company, it's the more I've come to appreciate just how complex Bridgestone really is, right? Because of its size, the different variable businesses and, and products and solutions that we provide. But there's the different layers also of operations. And you talk about sustainability being in all these different ways. You know, there's so many great things happening at manufacturing plants around the reuse, but also the safety. You talk think about procurement and the way we procure our resources. I mean, it really is something that never seems to end in terms of where it touches the company, right? So it needs to be in the mindset, really, uh, of everybody doing the business every day. You're absolutely right. And, and the overall goal is really that we will contribute in everything we do to, to the overall CO2 reduction, whether it's in our plants, in our value chains, and with our customers. But while the effort that we have in our R&D, in our procurement, in our production has been ongoing for a while. And I think we have some good results when it comes to, again, reduce, reuse, and recycle tire to raw material, tire to rubber. I think we need to continue to improve. We're looking for partners to help us to continue to improve. I want to focus a bit more about the sustainability of mobility as a whole. So how can we contribute with our products and with our solutions to the overall CO2 and the overall reduction and the overall uh, sustainability of mobility as a whole? because those are also platforms that we are developing. Retread. Retread is, is a fantastic business for us. It's an incredibly sustainable product and business model, which we need to continue to accelerate. It's really a tire-to-tire -tire 
circular economy type of business, which in this case is probably the closest thing to the perfect good for society, good for business uh, that we have. So that's something that we will continue to invest and double down on. But if we think about our tire-centric solutions, our mobility solutions, our fleet management solutions, it is about tackling the massive waste that there is in mobility today. In mobility today, most of the cars are sitting idle 90% of the time, which is a waste not just for the vehicle itself, but for everything that went into that vehicle. We have trucks that are often driving around Europe or the US half empty, which is a massive waste. So how do we contribute with our own platforms to make that mobility safer, for sure, as we discussed, but more efficient with a lot less waste. I think our retread business, our tire strength solutions, our fleet management solutions go exactly in that direction. We've always taken, mostly rightfully so, a digital and business approach, but we forget sometimes how relevant they are in the overall improvement of sustainable mobility in this new world of platforms in the ecosystem. Yeah. And I know you draw on your experience, like you just said, from other markets, other countries over your career. Uh, do you feel like to have that point of view on sustainability, sometimes people need to have kind of an aha moment, if you will, or a personal experience? Because it is such a large concept to grasp. Uh, you know, Do you feel like people have to have that experience over time to really change that point of view and mindset? Absolutely, yes. As you were asking these questions, uh, my mind went to when I literally was a kid. And I, I grew up in the city of uh, Torino, which was the home of, of Fiat at the time. Now, of course, Fiat Chrysler. And you're talking about, you know, when I can start remembering it, which was the mid seventies, right? And I lived a little bit up on the hill and I could see the city down below. It was fully covered by gray smoke. And I couldn't really fully understand what that meant. But over the years, of course, uh, the experience of being in a very large industrial city, you know, at the time, more than a million people with massive traffic and the impact that it had, it, it stayed in my mind. Honestly, it stayed in my mind. And that was one first sign of, of inefficiency and of waste and, of course, of unsustainable mobility that over the years needed to improve. So when it comes to the effect of mobility and the waste of mobility in the environment, my living in Italy at the time and then eventually in Rome, and then in New York, and the unsustainable traffic congestions uh, and all the consequences in terms of waste of time and just inefficiency, yes, it is in my mind. And we believe that we can really move into a better world where the case mobility, connected, autonomous, shared, and electric, eventually will transform completely our mobility in a much cleaner and much more efficient. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is more on the people side. Of course, I was lucky to experience different uh, social systems, you know, whether it was, again, back in Italy or whether it was in Brazil. And seeing that social inequality, that massive concentration of wealth, in some cases, especially in Brazil, it's just difficult to digest. So I think it gives you a, a perspective that when you see massive, luxurious buildings with helicopter pads sitting not far from the worst favelas in the world, you know, you clearly see that there's something wrong. So again, there's no necessarily so what after this, after this reflection, but certainly the understanding that all of these massive trends or things to fix 
are very important. Uh, social inequality is one of them, a much better distribution of assets in the world, and in general, a much more efficient socioeconomic ecosystem is something that Bridgestone can definitely contribute to in all of its elements. Yeah. And so uh, as, as we close our conversation, the vision of Bridgestone right now is to be a sustainable solutions company by 2050, uh, as you pointed out. What does that success look like then? When we reach 2050, what can we look around and say, yes, we've become a sustainable solutions company? I think that by that time, we will have taken our recycle platforms in our supply chain to the next level with a truly outstanding tire to raw material and tire to rubber recycling world and platforms. I think we will have taken our retread business to higher grounds and therefore contributed the tire circular economy in mobility and our tire platforms, our fleet management solutions platform, we will enable a much, much more sustainable mobility in this new world of technology platforms that we are helping to, to build. So it's really a transversal activity across the board from our R&D all the way to the vehicle operations, enabled by what will be a more diverse team, a team that will really embrace fully culturally a diversity, equity, and inclusion concepts uh, so that it will be a natural way of acting for us and therefore truly sit you know, in front of a world that will have a much better efficiency of utilization of assets, much better equality <laughs> across societies, and certainly a much more sustainable environment. Yeah, and hopefully a, a much cleaner view from the hill for, for the boy in northern Italy, right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yes, well, I, I don't want to wish the time away, but but boy, I, I look forward to raising a glass to all of that success in 2050 when we when we get to celebrate that, right? Right around Likewise. the corner, right? <laughs> Likewise, Keith, absolutely. Well, Paolo, thank you so much again for taking this time to dive in a little bit deeper to a subject that is near and dear to you. Uh, and we look forward, uh, as always, to talking with you again uh, on more topics in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Keith. Thank you so much. Our sustainability targets are high, but as Paolo laid out, so are the stakes. Bridgestone announced in 2021 that it aims to reduce its global CO2 emissions by 50% by 2030, using 2011 as our benchmark year. And in the long term, our target is to have 100% renewably sourced tire materials and be completely carbon neutral by the year 2050. Ana Arce has been helping raise awareness and understanding of these goals, as well as the actions and mindset required to achieve them. Her passion in this area comes naturally as a native of Costa Rica, but she knows there's a steeper learning curve for others when it comes to sustainability. Let's dive in. So, Ana Arce, uh, so good to talk to you about sustainability, uh, a word, a concept uh, that is something that we know you have been focused on, but certainly also something that Bridgestone has been focused on and paying more attention to even as we move forward. So thanks so much, Ana, for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me, Keith. It's, it's a pleasure to talk about 
sustainability always. Yeah. And and we spoke to Paulo uh, already about sustainability as well, uh, because I know you know it is a, a really big passion for him. Uh, and to level set, we asked him to start by asking uh, the question of what does sustainability mean to him? And I thought we could start with that same question for you to get us rolling. So, Anna, what does sustainability mean in your mind? I would say that sustainability is a way of doing everything better in a more responsible way. So if we think about protection of our resources or efficiency in terms of companies, that would be operating in a sustainable way. So it's basically not compromising resources for future generations, but being able to meet the needs of our current generation at the same time. So uh, something that it's important to remember when we talk about sustainability is that this is beyond environment. Environment is a piece of it, but it's not necessarily just that. It's it's much bigger than that. It includes human rights, labor practices, procurement, our operations in general, how we interact or how we engage with our stakeholders is part of a sustainable, healthy organization. This is what we call our triple bottom line when we connect people, profit and planet. So what we're looking for as a company is that, you know, a trifecta that will help us have good business and do it in the most effective, responsible, and ethical way. Yeah. And, and we've seen that Bridgestone now has been around for 90 years, celebrating that anniversary here in 2021, and built on a concept that models that, right? That what's good for society, what's good for the world around us is good for business. Have you seen in your work as a person so focused on sustainability that there is a tangible impact that it, what makes it important for companies and corporations to be committed to this model of business and sustainability? Absolutely. I really don't feel like there's anybody that is willing to do business with uh, companies that are not committed to the environment, that are not committed to their employees or society or even communities where they operate at. So I think transparency and the way that companies come when they interact with their stakeholders, when we are negotiating our accounts or deals is 100% relevant right now, and it will have a positive impact in the long and the very short term, actually. So it's what our stakeholders expect us to do, actually. It's not something that I would say is optional, optional anymore. So we have to do it. But at the same time, if we do it right, there's going to be a benefit in the very short and long term, as I said. And as we think about Bridgestone as a whole, we'll dive into more of the specifics in a minute, but I do want to take a step more personal for you because this is your career has been built around this concept. Um, but where did it start for you, right? Your your personal background, when did you become so passionate and how did you become so passionate about sustainability? Well, I actually have a communications background, so um, we have that in common, Keith, but hey, um, high yay. <laughs> I actually started my journey working at a PR firm back in Costa Rica, and um, I always, for some reason, was very connected with different accounts that had a sustainable angle, whether that was working for um, a specific partnership with a nonprofit or a specific environmental or social program or had specific initiatives for their employees. So I was always kind of connected by default with those accounts. I got to say also that something that is, I think, very particular in terms of my career is that as I mentioned, I'm from Costa Rica. And for those of you that don't know, Costa Rica is a very environmental friendly country. We take care of um, energy and, you know, biodiversity in a, in a very, I would say, different way. It's something, 
it's almost like I was wired that way, I would say. If if you think about this from school or kindergarten, they teach us uh, how to how to take care of resources, how to, you know, manage our impacts and not only in terms of environment, but also our social impact. So I would say that is a great combination of both things. And ultimately, working at the agency, Bridgestone Costa Rica was one of the accounts that I was appointed at. And um, when they opened the position, they just decided to hire me because I was already too close to them. And um, <laughs> it was it was cheaper to onboard me that way, I guess. <laughs> Looking transparently at it, correct, yes. There you go. <laughs> As you... <laughs> get this position at Bridgestone. You've then since moved to the U.S. You work in a very global function and role right now in how you uh, support the company in terms of sustainability, working with stakeholders in Japan and each of the different regions. When did you kind of, I guess, make the realization that, hey, not everybody was born where sustainability is like ingrained in us at age five, because everybody from different cultures, from different locations, from different walks of life sees this very differently or has had different exposure to it. Yeah. Right. Well, I got to say that even though I was very blessed to be born in Costa Rica, that's still third world, my friend. And when <laughs> I came to <laughs> when I came to Nashville, I would say the first day at the office or maybe second day, I don't remember, I need to throw some paper away. And I was asking for the recycled bin <laughs> and they responded that, uh, no, we don't have any recycling bin here. And I almost, you know, like, took a, a plane back home. You know, I, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And we have come so far, I would say, in that regard. And we've made new practices and policies and everybody is kind of speaking the same language now. But I got to say that it was a very, a very shocking first experience because I kind of, for me, it was already something that I was doing by default. And when you think about the U.S., it's such a blessed country. You really can survive without the rest of the world, but it's not the same case for other smaller countries. So I, I, I would say that that mix of realities and uh, perspectives is something that um, it's pretty unique for those of us that were not born in in the U.S. But uh, definitely with the experience that I have and the opportunities that a company has given me, I've been able to not only grow from Costa Rica to the U.S., but also to be able to work at headquarters uh, with with my teammates in Japan to be in in tables uh, negotiating with our competitors about sustainable strategies that will impact the industry as a whole. So the experience has been amazing, regardless of how shocked I was at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> it's It has only been growth for me. Well, and, and along that journey, right, we, I mentioned thinking back to the founding of Bridgestone and, and Ishibashi-san in the 1930s, with this mindset of sustainability, I would have to imagine then as you with a person who's passionate about it, it was very easy for you to want to come and work on this and tell the story because it seems to be ingrained in the company. But also, like you said, despite the fact that we've been talking about this in some form or focused on it for decades, there's still so much work to do. But did the Bridgestone opportunity and story, I guess, resonate? And where do you think we stand on the overall effort on this journey? Absolutely. I think they didn't really have to convince me much. I mean, I truly believe in the words of our founder and I really feel like Bridgestone is authentic when it relates to sustainability and our commitment to leave this world in a better way, you know. So um, right now, I think it's the best moment possible to be working for, for a company like ours, specifically in sustainability, because it is at the core. And we will continue to hear more about this. There will continue to be more investments. And we have full leadership support to drive this forward, to be leaders in our industry, and also to make a difference in an impactful way. I got to say, though, that there is no 
perfect company. There is no 100% sustainability achievement or perfect sustainability per se. Things and companies change and they need to continue to evolve. And there will always be new challenges and new requirements or new expectations from our stakeholders. So I think that's the beauty of this journey. It's it's part of who we are because it's truly part of our foundation. But at the same time, we have the commitment to expedite things or to move things faster. And we've seen a lot of progress in the last decade, I would say, even though we talk about it since 1931 from our mission statement, we've seen a lot of progress in the last 10 years because this is how fast the world is moving. This is how fast we need to address climate change, greenhouse gas, you know, our, our, our environmental and social footprint. It's moving faster. And that's where our commitment is. It's critical. Well, and and let's talk maybe on a couple of the more tangible or specific examples of that, right? We've seen this push from leadership said uh, we've started as part of this vision and this this foundation 3.0 as we move to a sustainable solutions company. See our global leadership uh, with Shui Shibashi and also Paolo and others make some pretty bold claims or, or set some big goals. What are some of the tangible, I guess, goals that we're working to achieve and the examples of how we're going to achieve them? Yeah, I would like to just clarify that as a company, we are trying to move ahead or forward in all the areas of impact. There are some areas where we are accelerating or that we are driving a faster change because of one, where we have more opportunities or two, because the expectation from the outside and inside is it's bigger, right? So that's why we might have some clear targets that are more around the environmental aspect of our operations. But we need to remember that we are still a manufacturing company, right? So uh, we need to be conscious of our footprint. In terms of where we are right now or where it's our north at a global level, I got to say that we're talking about circular solutions, how we reuse, how we recycle, how we recover uh, from our process and put back in the, in the, in the value chain. How are we um, minimizing our environmental impacts and how we are providing solutions not only for the tire sector, but even for other industries as well. CO2 reduction is one of our other main focuses right now. Recently, it was announced that we will be, we will reduce by 50% our CO2 footprint by 2030, which is a big, big challenge. We only have 10 years to do that. And then we have goals also to achieve 100% sustainable materials by 2050, for example. So these are bold goals and targets that we have. And I think we're putting the energy in the right places. I get to say that when we think about the region, on top of these uh, efforts that are global, there are things that are pretty unique. And we can have one clear example for BSAM that is our support and our strategies around diversity, equity, and inclusion, for example. Yeah. Like you said, it's a journey. We've got these guideposts out there for 2030, these midterm goals, the long term in 2050. How do we stay? Like, when will we have a point of view to say, hey, we're we're going to be on track to, to meet the 2030 goals? Like you said, they seem large and, and bold and uh, and, and a, quite a push for us. But I guess how do we know that we're <laughs> we're moving in the right direction? <laughs> Well, I got to say that um, for something to be improved, you need to measure it, right? So that's basically the key here. <laughs> I'll, double, I'll double check that, but it seems to make sense to me, yes. <laughs> so what we are doing as a, as a big corporation right now is, of course, keeping track of our own targets and how we are achieving the regional and global numbers. But at the same time, we are 
observed from the outside. So there are different rankings and indices that we are part of that are kind of a list of questionnaires or platforms where the environment, social and governance of our organization is being um, considered to give us scores. And those scores will have an impact for sustainable investments in the future. So all of this is a, it's a combination of our own tracking systems plus the external view or results that we can put out there. So we are actually very accurate, I would say, or um, strict in the way that we measure and track our progress. And if there is any need for us to fine tune or to modify, we will do it. And the best example is the CO2 reduction target. It was less than 50% and it was announced last year. And we recently noticed that we need to be a little bit more aggressive in this area and we increase that percentage to 50%. And with that, the resources and the support to achieve that goal will have to come through all the regions. Well, it's it's another one of these topics that we're diving into on this podcast that everything seems to be a marathon, not a sprint. Everything seems to be a journey that becomes a, a very regularly used word for us. Uh, and this is another one of those topics that uh, we'll have to find a way. I, I always go back to the Nick Saban. Uh, we probably have some Alabama football fans and certainly a football in a different sense, Anna, that you love football. I know you're a big football uh, traditional fan. Um, and uh, But Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, always has the, uh, quote, relentless pursuit of continuous improvement. And it seems like that is the journey we're always going to be on. So uh, thank you for, for filling in some of the gaps and, and laying out some of the path forward for us. And we look forward to seeing it come to fruition and talking to you hopefully again in the future. Thank you very much, Keith. Happy to join. So we've heard throughout our conversations that what's good for society is good for business. That foundational Bridgestone belief is a core thread across our North Star framework and one of the primary drivers on our journey to become a sustainable solutions company. So as we close our first season on the Thrive Podcast, we hope these conversations have helped connect some dots on where Bridgestone is going as a company, as well as help connect you to other areas of the business. After a very brief break, we are looking to do more of that in Thrive Season 2, and we hope that you'll stay with us for the ride. As always, feel free to share this podcast with your teammates, and we'd love to hear from you as we plan future episodes for season two and beyond. You can send an email to thrivepodcast at bfusa.com to let us know what you'd like to hear more about or who you'd like to hear more from. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Keith Cauley, asking you to keep on keeping on and remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody.